Hey, it's Heidi Rain. Welcome back for another episode of Addiction and Codependency Breakthrough. I am so glad that you're with me today. We're going to tackle a really interesting and sensitive topic. And before I dive into it, please know I am not trying to call anybody out. I'm lying. Yes, I am definitely trying to call somebody out because this type of mentality that we have, if we leave it unaddressed, is the very thing that feeds addiction. It's a form of codependency that is a special flavor that not everybody has. I'm going to talk about that flavor today so that hopefully what we can do is shine a light on the truth about addiction and what our role is if we are in a relationship with an addict and alcoholic, how we can facilitate hope, how we can hold our standards high and still in, in have our boundaries at the same time, but also have that massive influence that I know you have when we are trying and hoping and praying to get somebody better, well, back to themselves. If you're new here, I wanna take a minute and say welcome home. I'm really glad you found me in this big sea that is the YouTubes and the interwebs and the podcasts. You must be here for a reason. You must be here on purpose. This is truly, truly what I believe. And so if you want more help, I have I have so many resources for you. I've really dedicated my life to serving you, to helping you break free from codependency and navigate your relationship with an addict or an alcoholic. And if you go over to HeidiRain.com, you will find a multitude of resources there for you. So what's the special flavor of codependency that I'm going to talk about today? It takes on many different forms and says lots of different things, but I think the main thing that it says, if I were to give it a flavor is, hmm, addiction. Addiction doesn't happen in our family. Well, I have never had anything like that happen in my family before, or we certainly don't want to talk about anything like that in our family. Now, I have to tell you that that can take on a lot of different ways that it gets communicated. But the bottom line is shame is the name of the game. I am ashamed of addiction because people like us don't deal with things like that. And things like that don't happen to people like us. Well, I'm here to tell you, my love, addiction happens to all of us. I have worked with some of the wealthiest families on the planet, and I have worked with some of the people on the planet that have not a pot to piss in, okay? Not, not any wealth at all, monetarily, but are rich in spirit, okay? And bless them, they shall inherit the earth, right? Now that's not really what, we don't need to get into detail about all of that. But what I want you to know is that addiction doesn't care how much money you have. Addiction doesn't care how much status you have. Addiction doesn't care about any of that. So how do you navigate that and know, okay, Heidi, you're singing a little bit of my song, all right? I'm on that spectrum somewhere of things like that don't happen to people like me, or I never thought I would be dealing with something like this. And that is true. Not even if it's just about wealth, it could be that you're too smart to have something like this happen to you. Well, people with my level of intelligence aren't, aren't used to dealing with such crazy things such as this. And all of those will keep you in a state of complete and total blindness as far as, and helplessness, really. Because if you continue to come from the position, well, this things like this don't happen to people like me, what you're going to end up doing is not doing what you need to do in order to equip yourself with the information you need in order to navigate this thing. The truth is, my love, things like this are happening to you. Someone who is absolutely brilliant, 
someone who has never experienced anything like this before, somebody who has good breeding, you understand what, what life is and how to hold and carry yourself through it. You're, you possess class and race and dignity and all those wonderful things. And you know how to eat at a restaurant. I mean, we could go on and on and on. And this is still happening to you. You're smart, you're brilliant, you're poised, you're graceful, and this is happening to you. So the second question we ask ourselves is, now what? Now, I'm not asking you to go to your polo grounds and to your country club and announce it from the rooftops and make it whisper down the lane. Like in My Fair Lady, when Eliza Doodle is dancing and everybody's whispering, who is this woman, right? I'm not asking you to out yourself into the universe, but I am asking you to take enough time to admit it to yourself that in fact you are dealing with this and you are exquisite and you are exceptional and this is still happening so that you can seek out the help you need. Do not stay in the shadows of YouTube, which, hey, look, I'm so glad you're here. You're on the podcast, you're on YouTube. But the thing is, if you just stay here, you'll get a lot. You'll get, I know, people tell me all the time they make massive changes in their relationship and in their world by just watching the videos and listening to the podcast. But if you want real transformation and you want an opportunity to really be heard, which is so life-changing, then I want to encourage you to think about allowing me to come alongside of you. All you have to do is send me an email. All you have to do is go over to HeidiRain.com and message me and let me know what's going on. Believe me, I have worked with people you would never imagine something like this has happened to them and we have come to the other side. All right. So you don't have to sing it to the rooftops, but you have to invest in one person who's able to understand your unique scenario. Shame is real. The Joneses are real. The people around us and the ideas and the opinions of other people when we reach a certain status or a, a certain way of living, that's very real. We're not going to join a Facebook group and we're not going to be talking about this and we're not going to be singing it from the rooftops. You require a different level of care, a different level of confidentiality, and it's, it's a slow process for you to really trust and open up, and I get that. So I'm encouraging you. Um, to reach out to me. Now, again, I help everybody on the spectrum and I have programs that are accessible to everybody on the spectrum. So maybe you're not over here where you're not an aristocrat and you're, you know, you're not, you're not those things like the seven of people like me. Okay. Maybe you're not over here, but I guarantee you, you're somewhere on that spectrum. If you're hiding in the podcast or YouTube for too long, you're somewhere in the spectrum of what are people going to think of me? If they find out this is happening to me, what are people going to say about me when they realize that this person is attached to me and I'm a part of this thing? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to work really hard with you to undo any of those lies that you have living in your head right now and install the truth in your heart that you are, you still get to be brilliant. You still get to be incredible and this is happening to you. So we're going to learn exactly how to deal with it with, with, with strategy. There are certain things that you need to know how to do. All right. So I want to be that person for you. Hopefully this has been helpful for you and maybe we got a good laugh. I don't know, but hopefully we really shine a light. I'm going to end with a story. My dad, I was, I grew up an alcoholic and I grew up 
in the in the backwoods right on the border of West Virginia and Pennsylvania and coal country. And I grew up very poor, actually. And but my dad was a hardworking man. He did everything he could and he drank. He was a functioning alcoholic. And uh, we did not come from wealth. We did not come from any of that. I made a concerted effort in my life to learn how to uh, create the lifestyle that I wanted to create for myself. Uh, but the truth is, is that you don't have to be a wealthy family to have this attitude. And I remember when my dad had finally passed and he had come into treatment uh, to get to get help. I was actually teaching inside of the drug and alcohol treatment center when he came in and he was one of my students. He was a client at this treatment center. It was absolutely unbelievable to have him there for three months. And I was so proud of him. But I'm so passionate about this work because as we know, the family is like an immune system when somebody comes out of treatment. And unfortunately, he continued to use when he got out of treatment, he relapsed, which is when recovery really begins. Long story short, he passed away two months after he got out of treatment. And it was really devastating for the whole entire family. However, I was extremely proud of my dad. My dad was a hardworking person. He was a loving man and he was an alcoholic. And at the very end of his life, he did the most courageous thing, which is after 42 years of drinking, he sought to get treatment. My dad was a proud man. My dad was a coal miner. He worked his way up in the coal mines. He became a boss in the coal mines and, 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 and was in charge of a lot of people. And you can imagine how friendly and connected people are when they're doing these kind of dangerous jobs. And at the funeral, there were a bunch of coal miners there holding their hats in the back and um i remember um wanting to say to, to something about my dad like how proud i was of him that he had come into treatment and before the funeral I wanted, to, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but I want you to understand the depth of this uh, shame issue that we as family members hold. I wanted to say something and I looked over at my grandma, like I was going to get up and say something. And she looked at me and pursed her lips and went mm -mm -mm, and shook her finger. And basically what she was saying was nobody needs to know. Let's keep it our secret. I want you to know. I have had in the in the span of like a few years, every single one in my family has died of addiction on my father's side, except for my grandparents. Okay. My aunts, my uncles, five deaths in a row of addiction. And we're shaking our finger at a funeral because we don't want to talk about the one time somebody got well. We need to lead the way. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know it's embarrassing. I know it's mortifying. I know things like this don't happen to people like you. And yet here we are. All right. So I want to encourage you if this is hopefully maybe just landed on your heart a little bit today to help you to get some uh, courage uh, that you've been needing to reach out and take that next step. Um, that's what this is for. That's that's who this is for today. So if it helped you, I'm, I'm so glad. Maybe you're not going to leave a comment. Uh, but if you would, if you're not ashamed or embarrassed or hiding and, and waiting to come out and waiting to go on this journey, and you are uh, one of our many wonderful viewers who leave comments and, and help people, will you leave that comment and give us a, a like so, because it helps us help a lot more people on this journey. And then more and more people can come out of the shadows who are in relationships with addicts or alcoholics. I love you. Take excellent care of yourself and thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I'll see you later. Bye.